Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. I think the sermon that Jesus preached on the cross on Easter was the most powerful and most significant sermon out of all his sermons he's ever preached. It's called the Sermon of Silence. Jesus preached this during his his last hours on the earth. It was the most powerful message ever preached. Now, I think you've probably been part of an Easter service where we've spoken about the last seven words of Jesus while he was on the cross. I think there's been millions of sermons like that. On the last seven words of Jesus Christ on Friday, um, I know all of you watched it already because I saw there were 42 views <laughs> on YouTube. Um, so, um, but on Friday, I spoke about uh, the second last word that Jesus spoke about. And um, it's powerful words. Those messages are powerful messages. Do you know what the last seven words of Jesus were? For those of you, maybe some of you don't know. Maybe you haven't heard. Um, here are the last seven sentences of Jesus. The first one, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I think this might be the only Hebrew that some of you know. Eli, Eli, labach sabachthani. Everybody say that. No, don't. Um, the second last thing he said, oh, the, the second thing he said was, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Then he, he said, I tell you the truth to the other person crucified next to him. Today you will be with me in paradise. Then he said to John and to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to John, here is your mother. And then he said these words, he said, I am thirsty. Ki anitami. And then he said the words, the one that I preached on on Friday, it is finished and that Jay mentioned also, tetaliste, it is finished. And then the last words he said were these ones, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. These are all the words that he spoke on the cross. These are all of them. Now I want us to do something practical. Uh, Who's got a cell phone out? Um, Somebody just got a cell phone with you. I just want you to run a stopwatch for me. Okay, you got one? Okay, Felicia. Okay, now I need somebody to read for me quickly. Um, Anybody want to? Oh yeah, Ryan, you can read. Okay, so Ryan, I'm going to give you the sentences of Jesus. And what I want us to do is I want us to time how long it would take to say those seven sentences. Yeah, in natural speed. Yeah, you can stand up and read. You've got a great voice and loud voice. You can read it out. Okay, okay, ready? Set, go. Okay, stop. How long did that take? 30? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. It took 30 seconds. So all the words of Jesus on the cross took less than a minute 
30 seconds. It's so funny. I timed it also. You know how, what I got? 30 seconds. His last conversation, his last message, his last teaching. We're talking about a guy for that for three and a half years spoke. At one event, he spoke so much that people joined him in the morning and when evening came, they didn't have food and Jesus said, just feed them because I'm not done speaking. His last conversation took him 30 seconds. He was on the cross for six hours, 360 minutes, and he occupied half of one of those minutes. So the question is, if what he was saying was less than a minute with his voice, what was he saying with the remaining three hours, 59 minutes, and 30 seconds? Now, let me ask you this. What would you have said? I want you to think about it. If you are being condemned unjustly, you are Christ on the cross, and I don't want you to think holy now, I want you to think on what would you have said to the people around you? I mean, think about it. All I ever did was help people. I healed the sick. I healed the lepers. I drove out demons. I loved the sinner, never became one, but spent time with them. And I let them know that they are loved and they are welcome to my kingdom. I never rejected anybody. I did good. And yet, imagine dying unjustly between two convicted sinners. What would you have said during those six hours, if you think about it? I know I would have used more than a minute for sure. I would have given them a piece of my mind. Some of my, my thoughts might have involved cussing words in between. I would have told those Jewish leaders... I've got a special place in hell for you. I would have, I would have been uh, not as holy as Christ was. I mean, I'm convinced that, that my words, I would have tried to stir up a riot with the people that were surrounding the cross, that were my friends that knew me, to try and get me down from there. I probably would have given another message, at least two more, I think. I would have given a message on suffering, Oh, I'm just suffering for Christ. I would have given a message on suffering. I would have given a message on guilt with the intention to make them feel guilty. I would have spewed out every injustice and wrong they did to me behind closed doors, the prison walls where the world could not see it. I would have, I would have stood up for justice in those moments. The injustice of what is taking place right now, we should rise up against this. I would have preached, man. I would have wanted to make sure that there was somebody that records everything I'm saying as my last message ever preached because it was going to be a great one. I would have told them God's going to punish them for what they are doing, for hanging someone like me. And yet, Jesus, he was silent. In 1 Peter 2.23, it says, when they hurled their insults at him, 
Yes, you know, this morning. I'm preparing the message. Um, I've prepared a few weeks on this, but this morning, as I'm going through this, and I'm sitting in my office alone, and I'm, and I'm crying and weeping. Not because I feel sorry for myself, or, but it's the, to imagine what he went through. I think if this had to happen today, the world would rise up. The world would, <laughs> the news, no matter what network it was. Oh man. First Peter 2.23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, yeah, I love this. <laughs> this is so not us. He made no threats. Instead, he endured himself. Sorry, instead, he entrusted, it's, it's tears I can't read. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who, just, who judges justly. He remained silent even when they insulted him and it had, wasn't supposed to. When he was bruised and beaten on his body, it was met with silent mercy. Wow. What I want to show you today, I want to show you Jesus on the cross. And, and I, I haven't heard a message on the silence of Jesus yet. And as I was preparing this a few like um, weeks ago, we, we in our church office and we start preparing about what the Easter message is on and what the Easter, and I, I said to Stacey, you know, I feel like God is saying to me, I want to give them a message from my perspective looking down. Not from us just looking up at the cross. I want to show them what I see when I look down from the cross. So, so what I want to do is I want to show you Jesus on the cross and what he was saying for five hours and 59 minutes. In Isaiah, the chapter we will read, um, I think this is probably one of the most important chapters in the Bible. It's referenced um, so often. If, you are, if you've been in church, I'm convinced you've heard it before. But, but this chapter is like a screenplay for a movie. You know what a screenplay is? It's what they write and what the director would use to construct how they are going to film the movie. It's, it's what the actors use to guide them in their characters. And this is the most amazing thing about this screenplay for this movie that, that we know as Easter. It, this screenplay was written 3,000 years before the event took place. The screenplay is, is what we see. We, we're looking back at, at Easter and what happened on the cross. We, we know what happens there. But this is what makes our faith so amazing. And what we celebrate over Easter, the foundation of our faith, 3,000 years before this happened, this was written down in exact detail about what was going to happen to Jesus Christ on the cross. 
Isaiah 52.13 says the following, See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. This is talking about the cross 3,000 years before it happened. He will be lifted up. That's the cross. It tells you how it will happen. And it's amazing um, because when he came to earth, Jesus told us, he told his disciples, he said, the son of man will be lifted up and all men will be drawn unto him. He continues on in verse 14. Let's 13 and 14, let's read it again. See, my servant will be, he will act wisely. He will be raised up and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled by him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of a human being and his form marred beyond human likeness. Now, when I read that, I go, wow. Because just as Jay said this morning, we know the details of the cross. Isaiah says, when they finished beating him, spitting on him, tearing his flesh with the Roman whip that was leather filled with bones, that would tear and rip the skin off his back. When they finished pressing the, the crown of thorns on his head, not just lightly putting it on there. When they finished beating him with clubs, the 600 men, he was not recognizable as a human being anymore. This is what Isaiah wrote. 3,000 years before it happened. And here's the interesting thing about all of this. If you doubt Christianity, what makes the, prophecy, the prophecies and the prophetic words and the Bible so amazing is that every single one of them were fulfilled. It was the Romans that inflicted this on Jesus. It was the Romans not the Jewish people whom we might think, well, they're trying to set us up to make this prophecy come true. So it was the Jews. So they're going to do everything as it says in Isaiah. In reality, the Jews did not want Jesus to be the Messiah. So we know that was not the reason. But the Romans, the Romans had no regard for the Jews. They had no regard for the Messiah or for the King of the Jews. And they have even less regard for the writings of Isaiah. Yet they fulfilled it without even knowing about it. You know why the Jewish leaders were so upset that the Roman guard put something on a piece of wood that says, here hangs the king of the Jews. The Roman guard did that on their own. You know why they were so upset about that? Because it was a prophecy they fulfilled without knowing they're fulfilling a prophecy. So they put this thing above his head and the Jewish leaders like, no, take that down. Take that down. We don't want that there because you are just fulfilling another prophecy that was prophesied 3,000 years before that happened. And the Roman guards are like, what? Don't know what you're talking about. Isaiah says, you will be appalled when you see his body. Look at this next verse. So he will sprinkle many nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. And this is the one that we're going to zoom in on today. For what they were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. First of all, it says that His blood will be sprinkled for all the nations, which is, which is a message for the Jews specifically. Understand that your Savior is not ju just dying for you. He's dying for the whole world. 
But then this verse, for what they were not told, they will see, and what they have not heard, they will understand. This verse, this is the message of silence that Jesus is preaching on the cross. This is the message, the three hours and 59 minutes that Jesus is preaching on the cross. What they have not heard, they will understand. There is going to be something that they are going to grasp. For what they were not told, they will see the first part. They will be, there will be a message in his silence for what they were not told. They will see, there will be a message in his silence. They will see it. They're not being told it. They're going to see it. And the second, what they have not heard, they will understand. There will be a revelation from his silence. Jesus said more in his silence than he said in all of his preaching. Isaiah 53, we're going to read this because <laughs> this is what he accomplished on the cross. This is what he died for. Who has believed our message and to who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Watch this. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. He did not open his mouth. When he was doing all of that, so everything I just read, what Jay spoke about, the body being broken, bruised, crushed, our iniquities, taking all the sins of the world, that is what he was saying on the cross. That is the message of silence that he was speaking to the people. What Isaiah 53 is, Isaiah 53 is the explanation for Isaiah 52. It explains what the silence was. For what we were not told, they will see. And what they have not heard, they will understand. Now they will understand. Why is God emphasizing the silence here? God is explaining it. God is explaining to us the silence. In other words, for three and a half years, Jesus was preaching and He was teaching and He was telling them but they could not fully understand what he was saying. We know from past teachings and writings, it's like the disciples were like, well, uh, you know, Peter, when the cock crows three times, the rooster, what's gonna happen is you're gonna, you're gonna deny me. Oh no, Lord, I will never do it. And then he goes and hide and he lies to a 12 year old girl about being a follower. And then suddenly the cross happens. And Jesus didn't say any more to him. That was his last conversation. The cross happens and the same guy that hid himself 
lied to a 12-year-old suddenly stands up and becomes the guy that leads the church so that we can be where we are today. What message did Peter receive to go from being a coward to being so bold? It was the message of silence. But now, when the blood starts to be sprinkled and he's being tortured, he's saying to us, they will understand even though I'm not saying anything. His silence will be louder than the Sermon on the Mount. Get this revelation. The quietest, quietest day of Jesus was the day he was preaching louder than any other day. 30 seconds. He spoke louder than any other day. Good Friday. More was said on Good Friday than three and a half years of ministry. Listen, those other messages are important. But, but he, here's just, just some of it. Christ said, okay, Christ said, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son so that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Christ said that, right? We know that. Christ said that. Christ said to His disciples and to those listening that He was the good shepherd that gave His life for the sheep. Christ said that. They heard that. Yeah, we get that, Jesus. You're saying, Christ said He will lay down His life and whoever believes in Him will not perish. Christ said, blessed are you who are poor in spirit for you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Christ said, like all these amazing things, Christ said, but on Good Friday, He didn't have to say anything. See, I don't think we get that yet. See, a lot of people talk, they talk Christian, talk Christianity, but when the rubber meets the road, it's time to test what you said. Good Friday, Good Friday was everything. If you take the three and a half years of Jesus preaching, teaching, all the signs, all the wonders, all the miracles, Good Friday was everything Jesus preached in silence. Jesus said in five hours, 59 minutes of agony, He said nothing. But I want you to know Jesus was doing more than just dying. That silence, oh, I wish we could capture that. You know, in your Bibles, in your King James, New King James Bibles, they have the words of Jesus, it's marked in red. Like when you read the Bible, you can see the, 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 red, the, the, the red lines and phrases, those were Jesus' words. That's how you can know, okay, it's Jesus speaking. They were marked in red. How I wish we could catch or capture Jesus preaching that silent somehow in red in our Bibles also. What does this silent mean? And what is he saying? Might be what you guys are thinking and asking. Well, what does the silence mean? And here's the, the key for today's message. Jesus was showing his followers how to embrace the cross that awaits each of them. 
want to say it again. In that silence, what Jesus was doing, he was showing every single one of us how to embrace the cross that awaits for every single one of us. He was showing us how to handle the cross that each and every single one of us will face, are facing, and will continue to face. Many of us think Easter and the cross were exclusively for Jesus, us looking up at Him, at Jesus on the cross. And I don't want to, please hear me, everything He accomplished, we are not making that any less. But I've come with a message today where I think Easter is Jesus now. We look at Him victorious. We know He's risen from the grave. But Easter now, what we are doing here is Jesus looking down to us from the cross, His followers and saying, the cross is for each of you now. Because of what I did, now my cross becomes yours. Now I have to repent. This is the message that I preached that was wrong, not this one, others. And I want to explain it to you why. When we planted the church, I was 35 years old. And what I've come to learn in the last 12 years, now that I'm 38, thank you for the laugh, that's very generous. I don't know why you're laughing, is how wrong I was, how wrong I was. And I want to, I hope you hear me today, how wrong I was for being afraid of the cross. And I do think a big part of that, why we are afraid of the cross is how we are being instructed and taught in church and messages we've heard in regards to the cross. And because of my concern for the cross, let me explain, you know, I know the Bible says, and, and I know when we started, the Bible says that we need to take up our cross and carry it. I know that. And I never denied that. But what I tried to convince people, I tried to, to, to get them to think was that suffering and hard times, because God is for me, who can be against me? Uh, because I am more than a conqueror in, in Christ, uh, because greater is He who is in me than He who is in the world, because the same Spirit that rose Christ from the grave is alive and working in me. So I was really focusing on all those messages, trying to get people there and, and then um, to try and, and, and also just give it a little bit more foundation. I looked in the Hebrew and there's a Hebrew word for the word cross also, which is the word rabdos. And rabdos means rod of authority. That's the staff that Moses had. It's also a word that's referenced for cross. So I kept telling people, just walk in your authority. Like the cross you have to pick up every day. You know what it is? It's the authority of God. And the reality is it's way more than that. It's not just that. Yes, we have authority in Christ Jesus, but the cross is way more than that. And, and I know I preach that because I didn't want to be a pastor who preaches hardness and suffering because who's going to come into the church when they hear, oh, there's going to be hardness and suffering. Yeah, I want to join that church. 
I wanted to be a pastor that encouraged people and told them that they are victorious and more than conquerors and God's plan is blessing and favor for you. And the reality is, yes, that is part of God's plan. But do you realize that without a cross, there cannot be a resurrection? They go hand in hand. You cannot separate them. We cannot be afraid of the cross that we are supposed to carry. We should endure it. I'm not going out looking for crosses, just to be clear. But there is a cross for every single one of us. This is where Good Friday, this year, becomes your Friday. Because from this day forward, you can no longer say, I did not know. So if you don't want to hear what I've got to say about your cross, it's a good time. Don't stand up to leave now, but don't go. This today, from this year forward, Good Friday becomes your Friday. The acid test of discipleship is not how well we can preach the test is not how often we attend church meetings, how much we give. The acid test of discipleship, let's read Matthew 10, 37. Anyone, wait, I'm gonna say that again. Anyone, anyone, all of you say it with me. Anyone, anyone, say it a little louder. Say anyone, anyone. I still see lips not moving. Anyone, good. Anyone, I'm, I know. Anyone, he goes on, he says, anyone. The reason I want you to say it because anyone means all of us. That includes everyone who believes in Jesus Christ. Anyone who loves their father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their sons and daughters more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who does not take up their cross on Good Friday, we usually talk about His cross. But He says, this is now Jesus talking to His disciples. I want to talk about your cross. So, so Jesus' messages, teaching them, teaching them, teaching them, teaching them, telling them all these things. And then He gets to the cross. And finally, everything that I've taught you, this is everything I've said in action. So Jesus is teaching His disciples, anyone, anyone, He's talking about their cross. He's teaching them about their cross. I want to talk about your cross. We think Easter is just about Jesus' cross. It's not. It's take up your cross. And Jesus, I love this. He doesn't leave us blindly with crosses. Jesus is showing you how to handle your cross by watching and seeing how he handled his. Every believer has a cross. Listen, we love Easter Sunday because we know there's a resurrection is near. But I'm gonna say this again. You have to have a cross before there can be a resurrection. And Jesus is the example that we should follow. So he goes in verse 38, he says, Whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now he has not died yet when he said this. 
said, I want you to stay close to me and I want you to follow me. I want you to watch me. Watch how I handle the cross. Now, I know the guys that were with him, the disciples. I think they loved watching him break bread and suddenly he's feeding 5,000 people. I think they loved that. I think they loved the fact when he said, throw your nets on the other side and suddenly there was a, a, a load of, the fish was so much that the boat began to sink. I think they loved that. I think they were scared when they saw him walking on the water, but I think they liked it. I think they loved seeing him heal the leper. I think they loved seeing him drive demons out people who've been oppressed, who's throwing themselves into fire consistently. And then he speaks a word and they no longer do it. I think they loved seeing that miracle. I think they loved the messages he preached on the mount. But that is not the test. And that is not where they gained revelation or understanding. That's not where about who he is. The test is not when everybody follows you. The test is when you are alone. The test is when there's pressure. The test is when it's just you. There's nobody else there. He says, follow my word. I want you to follow how I handle the cross. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy to be called my disciple. Good Easter Friday was for us. Yes, yes for salvation, but also as a demonstration for us to emulate and to follow how he handles the cross. Verse 39, he goes on, he says, whoever finds their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. This is the explanation of what he's saying. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And then he says, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will, 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 will find it. He is saying, crosses have to do with losing your life. That means following your own ambitions, your own plans, pursuing what the world says is good and what culture tells you is good, what the, the new norm for culture is. He says to die for the pursuit of the world standard is your cross. We have to die to how the world says we are to handle our marriages. I just find another one. We are to die for what the world says regarding sexuality and how precious life is. And how we have to preserve it and look after it. We have to die to what the world says. The world's way of doing, of just abandoning and being isolated and being alone and thinking everything is just about you. Jesus showed us that He came for others. We have to abandon that mindset of being selfish and just so about my life. That is a cross. This means we have to discover our purpose and we have to discover His ways. And this is where some of us get confused. We think our careers are our cross. It's not. It might be hard, but that's not your cross. Some people think what I'm studying, it's really hard. That must be my cross. That's not your cross. His purposes and His ways you doing things His way. That's your cross. 
Even when everybody surrounding you tells you, just do it our way. That's your cross. You have to go against the grain and against the pressure. And that will be the test for your discipleship. Against what, <laughs> what culture tells us it will be easier. This is the easy out. We have to go against that. Fulfilling God's will the way He did on the cross. That should be our way of doing it also silently. Oh, and that is the big key. <laughs> right? Not complaining about, oh, I'm doing this for God. I'm carrying my cross for God. Silently. Oh, brother, I started giving. I can sure use that money more, but it's for God. I'm carrying this cross. Oh, brother, I'm staying in my marriage. She's a witch. But I'm doing it for Christ. It's my cross. Jesus didn't do that. Silently, he said, I'm going to do things God's way. Not my will be done, but yours, Lord. And silently, he showed us exactly how we are supposed to do it. One of the greatest temptations of the disciples is to try and answer their critics. It's one of the temptations that we have today. Try to argue our position on a world arguments uh, platform and on their standards. And we're all tempted and we try to explain why. But God says, just keep carrying your cross. And because you are carrying a cross, and here's the part of good news Easter, we know if you do things His way, silently serving Him, you will experience a resurrection in those things that you are doing His way. Don't expect a resurrection where you've got down from the cross. Um, Dave, you can come up. Worship team can come up. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me are not worthy of me. This means for us, and I know some of you are thinking, this is not a great Easter message. I think this is the best Easter message ever preached in the world, worldwide, ever. You should tweet that. Elon Musk. If you want a resurrected life, hear me, if you want a resurrected, whatever you are in right now, this is the good news about Easter. I don't care how bad your marriage is. I don't care how bad your finances are. I don't care how bad your, your health might be. I don't care how bad your relationships are. I don't care. It doesn't matter where you are at in anything. If you want to see a resurrection, new life brought back into that, pick up your cross. Do things His way. Being a Christian means you live, and I love this, this I came up with it this week. Being a Christian means you live in cross country. And here's another one, it's going it's to be even better. And living in cross country means you got to be cross fit. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to, yeah. Copyright that thing right there. I don't think they, if there are CrossFits out there yet. Um, see, this is what Jesus is showing us. Him being on the cross 
He's showing us this is cross country from now on forward. When you become my follower, his kingdom means we are in cross country right now. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing because doing things his way means whatever is dying, whatever might be dead can be resurrected again. There is hope for whatever you are going through. Wherever your kids are at, wherever your marriage is at, wherever your husband or your, your wife is at, wherever, what doesn't matter where it is, when you decide to get on the cross of Christ, the one that is looking at you, he's looking at this body today and every single one, it's like, like I'm seeing, he's looking at it and he's looking to see, okay, who's carrying my cross? Who's carrying my cross? Because I want to give them a resurrection, but I can't unless there's a cross. When you read about what they said about Jesus while he was on the cross and you, and you read and you read to get it, man, it's revealing. People said, Jesus, why don't you come down? Why don't you just give the command and just come down? You said you will break down the temple in three days and rebuild it and you can't come down from the cross. Jesus, just come down. Now listen, there will be a lot of people who want you to come out of your test. There will be a lot of people in this world surrounding you. There will be pressure. There will be situations and circumstances. And there is definitely an enemy that wants you to come down from that cross. You are going through some hard times and God is saying, hang in there. Hang in there. And there will be a resurrection. Other people who know you say, oh, just come down, man. Stop doing things God's way, God's way. Just look at how hard it is for you to follow Him. Just look at how complicated it is to do life His way. Just come down from the cross because you won't even be confronted with the things you are confronted with if you just let go of that religious thing that you are busy with. God says, stay on your cross. Life Church, we will preach cross-country. Messages will be challenging. This is not for the intention. I know I will always try and encourage and build up and strengthen you. And it's a big part of our, our, our role is to do that. But the biggest part for me as, as a pastor of this church is to get us cross-fit. Take up your cross. This Easter... No, from this day forward, you now know you have a cross that you have to carry and Christ is looking at you because He wants to give you a resurrection. Next week, I will finish. Um, I've got one more message on cross-country, cross-fit, I think. Um, I will continue next week and I hope that you will join us because, the, man, it's life-changing. Jesus is the hope of our lives. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. And Jesus, we thank you for what you accomplished on the cross. And now, thank you for the example that you are for us on how we are to carry ours. And not just for the purpose to suffer on them, but to see the resurrection in them also. New life in areas that have died and areas that are struggling. New life and a resurrection, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.